In this episode of Board Game Impact, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of Kickstarters and games we've been playing recently now that, that we've been thought out here in Texas. So stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Board Game Impact. Of course, my name is Bruce, and I'm joined by... This is Josh. Hey, Josh. And so uh, we are recording. Um, I just want to give a quick caveat before we get started. Um, So the episode that came out last week, um, this is, yeah, it's only been a week. And that is because Texas froze over for a week. Um, And so thank you for understanding this kind of like weird schedule. Just want to put that out there because literally there was rolling, quote unquote, rolling blackouts across the state. And for many people, it wasn't rolling and there's still power and things like that. And so if you're listening to this in the state of Texas, we just want to say, and you're still having some ongoing things or friends who are just want to say like, hey, I hope all that gets worked out fast um, and that you are safe um, and that we are here with you. Um, And this is one of those times that Josh, I'm just going to put it out there, been very thankful to be a board gamer um, because when the power went out for hours on end, um, I was able to get in some games. Um, Just opened up the blinds and the snow ref- the snow reflected the, the the sun pretty well so we can get some games in so i actually have more games than i was planning to even be able to talk about or things going on so that's good um, oh, great yeah glad you uh found found some ways to uh entertain while you were uh there definitely elizabeth and i were were thinking about you a lot over the last week and of course uh Sending all of our thoughts and, and good well wishes to all of our listeners um, and, and everyone uh, down there in Texas. Um, I, I know that that is a struggle. Um, I, I can only imagine what, what some folks have been going through. So, um, yeah, glad to hear that you uh, are doing well. Um, glad to hear that, that Caitlin is doing well and um, hope hope everyone else out there is, is also making through uh, in this uh, very, very strange time. Yes, very much. And by strange, like you can't be like you were right on the money because literally four days ago it was negative one and it's now 70. Um, so it is just crazy. Um, but it's, what's been nice just to put this out there. I'm on a couple email threads with fellow geeks through board game geek things. And it's been really nice having people like reach out and, and really just see this community come together. And so if you're like, okay, what the heck is this podcast about? If this is your first time here. So, um, this is a board game related podcast. And so what Josh and I do, we both work in higher education. And so what we do is we break down our gaming experiences uh, through our educational lenses for the benefit of you and your gaming group. And so if that sounds like something of interest, make sure to hit subscribe. And we put out these episodes every other week um, with the obvious exception of when Texas freezes over. Um, So with that being said, um, Josh, let's jump into some games you've been getting to play lately. What's something that you've been able to get to the table or digital implementation? What do you got? Well, uh, have a, maybe a shocker for some of our longtime listeners uh, after listening to me rail against this game um, quite a bit in the past. Uh, got Root to <gasps> the table. Uh, what? A couple, couple weeks ago now. Yes. Um, so uh, for, for folks who have been listening to the show for a while, uh, as you all will know, um, throughout this uh, pandemic, I have been... Uh, continuing to meet with a pod. Uh, so it's uh, four guys that, that we get together and, and play some games in person once a week. And we have been doing a 10 by 5 challenge. So 10 games played five times over the course of a year. Uh, and the intention behind this was getting bigger, heavier games that are harder to get to the table when we're all on lockdown um, and getting them out to the table to play uh, every so often. And so the deal is you don't complain about other people's picks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Root was not my pick, uh, but I, I have to say <gasps> I'm coming around on it. What? I still... I still have my hesitancy um, in that there's 
the reason I agreed to play it in this way is all four of the people know how to play the game, know how each of the factions work. We will continue to learn more and more as we play through these five plays. Um, We will be introducing new factions at the same time to everyone because uh, starting out, I, I think we all have played with the otters and the um lizard cult lizard cult uh but no one has played with the new factions the underground factions so we'll experience all of those brand new together um so we're we're going about it in a way where it very much feels like everyone is on the same footing Mm. Uh, and and this first game really kind of emphasized and highlighted that for me um I can't remember the last time I played a game of Root where one person didn't lose by like 15 to 20 points. Mm. And in this game, um, so we had the base base factions in play. So I was playing as the uh, Vagabond. Um, okay. and we had so the, the cooperative style start. player. Yep. Uh, though I did not play as a cooperative player. It's a choice. Um, <laughs> it is a choice. Uh, we had the cats, the birds, and the Woodland Alliance in as well. Okay. Um, every single person was within within one turn of winning the game. <laughs> a knife's um, edge or a razor's edge. Oh. So, and, and I was able to eke out the victory purely by luck. Had someone come and attacked me, um. I would have lost, but the only person who had the ability to come and attack me uh, did not have the move enough moves to get uh, their units over to make the <laughs> attack. And so Whoa. by the skin of my teeth, I was able to eke out a victory. But everyone like had the had the, any other person had one more turn, <laughs> they would have they would have won as well. So it was it was really kind of cool to have that level of tension in a game and not have a runaway lose winner, not have a fall behind loser, um, not have a King make on Mm -hmm. accident. Right. Um, you know, I think someone could have come attack me, uh, but the only way I was able to win was I was able to craft T, um, in my last turn. And there's no way they could have known that I was going to be able to do that. So it's not like they, gave me the victory because they didn't know any better. They gave me the victory because it was an unknown quantity. Yeah. There's a strategy um, behind that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I will say this was my favorite game of root that I have played so far. We will see if it continues to grow on me as we play with a uh, greater player count, but I can definitively say I will never play this game again with <laughs> someone who's never played. That's I I can I respect that because like for the listeners who haven't really played Root, first of all, I very much like Root. I have all the things of Root except for the like the vinyl mats, and I'm probably going to get those at some point with the next Kickstarter. But I enjoy it for what it is. It's really a war game in dis, in in disguise, and that's not for everybody. And so, especially there can be a learning curve with it, um, especially since every faction has its own different flavor essentially um and mechanics but josh what i'm hearing you say um i know that you love big meaty heavy games and meaningful decisions and i'm also hearing that there was an investment around the table that was mutual and everybody lived up to their end of the social contract going on there and so i'm honestly hearing that the stars kind of aligned for you in this situation yeah absolutely um you know right playing group like right group um right player count i i definitely do think that this is a game that shines at four players agreed i've played it everywhere from two to six um and nothing feels quite as good as a four-player game yeah um so yeah the the stars really aligned on this one um with the group with the expectation um you know for the play the I mean, I hadn't played Root in 
very long time. Um, I think I played online with you once in, in January and that was a reminder that I did not remember as much as I (laughs) thought I did. Um, so everyone agreed to, uh, I think everyone had the app and we all agreed to like refresh ourselves on all of the mechanics beforehand and come in fresh and, and know it. And that that really worked. It, it helped a lot. I will give a lot of credit to that app. Um, mm-hmm. the, the digital implementation of Root is really, really well done. Uh, I give a lot of credit to the, the folks who worked on that. Yeah. The Direwolf Digital did an amazing job with that implementation. Available yeah. on Steam. Um, but I'm glad it, it worked, Josh, and I'm looking forward to continuing to hear because it sounds like you're going to play it four more times, right? At least. Okay. Well, I'm rooting for you. Um, All right. <laughs> um, I'm going to bring one up as a little bit of a teaser and then talk about another game. Um, and that is uh, over the past week, I have been able to play a lot of Sleeping Gods um, by Red Raven Games, which is the latest game from Ryan Lockett and the crew, including like Mallory Lockett and the rest of the team. Um, it's the next iteration in the above and below near and far type of line of there's an adventure storybook. However, the big thing with this one is it's cooperative. So you can play it one to four players. You could probably even do a little bit more than that if you wanted to. Um, but really what it is, is you have this adventure book and you have a little ship that you place on it and you can sail the ship around and do all sorts of things. And I'm not going to get into spoilers. Um, but Josh, I've already play, I played through the campaign, a campaign once already, and then I am two-thirds of the way through a second campaign of this. And I haven't even scratched the surface on this game, I feel like. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, so you've, you've already had an ending. I've um, had en- There's 13 possible endings. I've had yes. one of them. Now, if if this is a spoiler, you can say so, because I'll I'll just share with listeners, this has been the game I am most looking forward to. It came in uh, a little over a week ago, and my wife and I just have not found the time to sit down and, and play it. Um, keeping my fingers crossed that, that we get a chance this week, I'm going to try and ambush her tonight and, <laughs> and force her to reserve uh, a time for us to play this. but. Uh, if this is a, a a spoiler, feel free to share sure. if you feel like it's something you're comfortable saying. Is one of the endings you lose? Or is that outside of the 13 endings from what you're aware of? I don't know that there is a quote-unquote lose. And this okay. is not a spoiler. I just want to open your mind to other possibilities. And that is, this is a story based game, right? Mm -hmm. And so with that, you're going to have to unpack the story. Gotcha. And I, and I think you need to constantly be evaluating what you're wanting to do. Yeah. That's Um, what I will say there. It's really hard to uh, talk about a game like this that is so heavily story dependent. Yeah, so Um, what I think we're going to have to do, Josh, and I wanted to prep everybody for this, is I think you and I, well, we're going to do an episode just on this game. But I think we need what we're going to do, this is kind of me just kind of making an executive decision while we're recording, have fun with this. Um, (laughs) And that is we're going to record an episode. I'm going to play the credits. And then we're going to have a continuation of that episode that is nothing but where we can talk about spoiler things. So that way, if you want to listen to the basics of the game, kind of how it works, what our thoughts are on it. And by the way, I've emailed back and forth with Ryan Lockett about some things um, in the game. And so like, if you want that stuff, be able to talk about that, but then have a more story and why I was leaning into and emailing with Ryan in the post credits episode. Just to be fair for those who want to completely avoid spoilers. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good way to go about that. Um, you know, I find it, I, I do know, I, I noticed a while back, uh, Ryan actually 
posted on his Kickstarter page for this mm-hmm. um, some tips for surviving <laughs> sleeping <Yes>. gods, <laughs> um, as well as an official easy mode. Yes, because uh, in the box there's only was... normal and brutal. <laughs> yes, uh, and and he has acknowledged that uh, normal is still pretty dang hard. So yeah. so we'll get into all I... of that. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to a deep dive on this. Um, let's uh, let's hope and, and aim for uh, the very near future on that. Agreed. I'm gonna agreed. Like I said, gonna try and try and force force it to the table over the next couple of weeks, and maybe we can get a a full playthrough in before uh, before we get a chance to record. Sounds good. And if just to do say that, we'll say this: that first campaign. Um, there's a learning mode at the beginning, which was really good. I appreciate that from a learning context. But the campaign um, entertained us for about 12 hours, um, that first campaign. So that was pretty good. But another game, because I said it was that was more spoiler-filled and really teasing for the future. Um, so I'll actually give you much more information about this one. I've been able to play Canvas a couple times, um, which is by Road to Infamy Games. Josh, are you familiar with this at all? Have you been seeing? The I'm buzz? not very familiar. Okay, so this game, I saw it on Kickstarter, and I was email uh, messaging with George, who's been on the episode before on the on the show before, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, I am backing this. He's like, Okay, cool, because I really like it too, and I want to borrow it. So I need, to, I do need to give my copy to George. But um, <laughs> this game is a game. It's uh, Tom Vassell just did his review of it and reviewed it as an excellent. Um, said that this game should be in every mass market store to help introduce people to the hobby. So this is a game. I now that I'm looking it up and, and looking at it a little bit more, uh, it yeah. just popped up on on a good friend of mine's shelf. Okay. Uh, last time I was there, I saw it. So I will definitely have to take a look next time I'm over uh, playing some games. So how you can find this game on people's shelves, by the way, is it doesn't say the name of the game anywhere on the sides nor the front because it's a piece of art, hence canvas. And actually, there's a nice little knock out in the back of it. So you can actually hang it on the wall like a piece of art. That's like they've really gone overboard on this in a really cool way. But what the game is, is you are doing set collection um, where there's five goals out. um, And what you're doing is those goals relate to different artistic things like patterns and um, like composition and color arrangements, like all sorts of different things. And what it is, the cool part about this game is there's five cards on display and you have in your little supply four little paint palettes. Like think of a Bob Ross palette with like different plops of paint on it. And what you can do is you can spend those. It's kind of like uh, when you want to, you have a, a row of cards and you don't want the first card, you want the second one. So you have to put a coin down on the first one and you can take the second one. And then you have this pile of coins on the first one because no one really wanted it. And sometime, eventually, someone takes it and gets all those things. But in this case, they'd be getting those inspiration markers, right? And so what it is, is every card is a transparent card. Like those like uh, like playing cards that people advertise to play in the pool. Like no one's going to do that, but it's that kind of material. Um, and it's got a different little thing on it like some of them have like a background that's mostly transparent or like a cat or a mouse or different types of things it's a giant giant deck of these plastic cards and then the bottom of it it's got little swatches um in the order of roy g biv so red uh, red yellow um green etc um and so there's five swatches and you're essentially making little patterns on your turn you do one of two things one Pick up a card from the row. Now, again, if you want to get one that's further down the row, you have to spend those inspiration markers. If you don't have inspiration, you got to just take the first one because it's easy pickings. You have a hand of up to five, so you start with zero cards in your hand. So the other option you can do is once you have at least three or if you have five cards in your hand, you have to make a painting. You take any three of these cards. You have to take three that are in your hand. And you put them together in whatever order you want them. So, because it's kind of like gloom where you can cover up things. And you slide it into the provide, they provided all of the card sleeves for this. And they're like tarot size cards. And you slide it in and you make a one of a kind piece of art. 
The game will end when everyone has built has made three pieces of art. When you have three pieces of art, you kind of just wait for everybody else to finish. We love this so much, Josh. We immediately played another four games that night. We played like five games in two hours. That's impressive. Um, yeah, I know. It it, is, yeah, I just I know I, I kind of just like threw everything at that. But yeah, what, what do you got? No. Uh no, I I'm I'm looking through the the photos on BGG right now. I I have been intrigued by this concept of card building for a while now, right? This idea that you are not um building a deck or building a hand, but you actually have these transparent cards that slot into one another and and create a bigger piece. And and I think this is a really really cool implementation of that. Um I love the weight on this. I think it looks um, like something that that would be perfect for, um, you know, a couple's night. Um, You know, my wife and I go over and and hang out with partner or uh, uh, buddy and and his partner and and play this. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. I I mean, BGG has this rated as a 1.5 out of 5 on difficulty. So um looks very very simple but also really enjoyable really pleasant you know i in a completely unrelated simple semblance and and i hope you'll understand where i'm going with this <laughs> it right. reminds me it it evokes the feelings that just looking at it evokes the feelings that wingspan gives me oh of just an enjoyable experience an enjoyable game where i don't care how well i do yeah but it's just a fun thing to take part in 100 percent. i lost every game i played against my wife i actually really haven't won a game against her in a couple months she says that's why i'm playing sleeping gods with her so that because like it's cooperative <laughs> so it's like we win together um i just yeah you're right josh i had it was very aesthetically pleasing um mm-hmm. And the games were so short, it's like I didn't necessarily care to have that like deep, deep, deep strategy, but also I could teach it really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the implementation of this, they just kind of went above and beyond with it. Um, now, full transparency, I do have the Kickstarter version, which does have like the wooden pieces and stuff. But I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't know so, that you need that, but because it comes with all the other regular cardboard tokens. Um, but it definitely did help with the aesthetics. I will put that out there. So just very briefly, how does you how do you actually score these yeah. these artwork pieces so, of art that you create? Sure. So um one of them is like pattern. It's or um composition. And so it has like let's say it wants three like every set of two triangles, so pattern, right? So every set of two triangles on that piece of art that you make, you'll get a ribbon for it. Depending Mm -hmm. on how many ribbons, so let's say that composition one or pattern one is the green ribbon, each of those goals that everybody is trying to work towards, however many ribbons of that color you have, there's a little thing on the bottom of that card that says if you have three, you get X number of points. And so you score up for the different colors of ribbon, and that's it. And if you need context and you don't understand the symbology of what's going on, uh, the symbolism, you can turn over the goal card and it has examples. Yeah, that I mean, that looks absolutely fantastic. The art also, um, I love seeing some of these completed pieces uh, uh, on the pictures on BGG um, because it... It, it 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 looks as though you are able to build pictures similar to um Dixit or mm-hmm. to Mysterium, which yep. is my favorite kind of artwork of just these very evocative kind of that that style just really clicks with me. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And they all so. have little names on them. And so when you put a left and a right name together, you can actually it has like a double name. It's kind of cool. Um, so it's kind of yeah, cool. This that is, it's it's really well done. I just got to give it credit. Like they knocked it out of the park with us. Yeah, this is amazing. I'm uh, I'm really 
looking forward to uh, trying to get this to the table because this looks absolutely fantastic, Bruce. Yeah, so that is Canvas by Road to Infamy Games. And Josh, how about you give one more and then let's jump into Kickstarters. Yeah, so a game that I got to play last week, uh, very, very excited about, uh, Merlin. Uh, Merlin is published by Queen Games, designed by uh, Stefan Feld and Michael, I can't pronounce his last name. It starts with an R, Rickstein. Rick, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Merlin is a really a very point salad game, as are most Stefan Feld-designed games. Um it is a game that activates or use, utilizes one of my favorite uh, um, mechanisms, which is a rondelle. Good old uh, so rondelle. In, in Merlin, you uh, control uh, various knights of, of King Arthur's court, and you are moving your knights around a rondelle, taking various actions in order to claim uh territory control in the dominion uh in order to fend off traitorous uh um rebels who are attacking your forts uh in order to gain influence in the various uh courts of the land and and all of these things are going to score you points as you make your way through meanwhile you're um collecting different items that are going to be allow you to score some victory point cards and just a lot of different ways to score points uh not a ton of theme here if you're looking for a heavily thematic game this is definitely not one that (laughs) is evocative of the theme of merlin about the the closest thing to theme that you can come to this is everyone has their own knight and your knights move clockwise around the board around table um around table uh meanwhile merlin is controlled by everyone uh and can move either forwards or backwards uh in time as merlin does in the stories of king arthur's courts Uh, merlin is able to age and move backwards in time and do all of these fun things so again not a lot of uh theme here but really really in my mind impressive um impressive tactics involved Mm -hmm. in this game uh so at the start of your round you have four dice three of which will control your um your knight and one of which will control merlin you roll those dice up and then you have to pick and choose which time when you're going to play which die um remembering that everyone is jointly controlling merlin so by the time it gets around to you merlin may not be in the spot you expected him to be in um so yeah i i I adore this game i'll be honest with you it it may not be stefan feld's greatest design but it is my favorite stefan feld design it is the game that i will drop uh at a hat to play um and the big box expansion just came for this yesterday so i'm very excited to get it back to the table um, it is also part of that 10 by 5 for that group. Uh, it was one of my nominated games for, for the 10 by 5 So I'm very excited to get it back to the table because this thing also has a ton of expansions. Um, this mm-hmm. last week we just played the base, uh, but I now have all of the expansions. So <laughs> going to be sprinkling those in for future plays as well nice um i really enjoy merlin it's it's really good it's just a it can be a beast to set up i will say that so when we used when you used to bring your copy to um to game night when you were here in texas it was a lot to set up and i always worried worried about like something going on the dark floor and like being lost to the ether um but setting it up in advance of a game night when i've had people over to the house has been like super successful and people really like it. Um, I agree with you. I don't know that it's, people say it's not Stefan Feld's greatest, but it's definitely one of my favorites, like bar none. Yeah. 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 So I will I will say the Big Bok expansion came with uh, Game Trays insert. Oh, so nice. 
I spent a good chunk of my Sunday uh, yesterday unpacking and uh, kind of organizing everything into those game trays. So setup should take significantly less time now. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to getting to play some more of this. It, it had been probably a year or more since I had played it. Um, and and it just reminded me playing it again how much I adore this game. I actually really enjoyed it two-player. So if someone's looking at it and they have it on their shelf and it's like, I haven't tried that two-player, I'd recommend it. I enjoyed it. Um, and Josh, before we get into Kickstarter, since you said you were doing like crafty put-away things, I spent the weekend um, crafting and building Warhammer things and magnetizing them so I can swap out the guns. So you and I both had like a building and putting things away type type weekend. I am not surprised in the least bit, Bruce. <laughs> uh, it had been a couple of weeks, but yeah, uh, it was actually quite challenging, but it turned out pretty good. So Josh, how about um, we have a, there's a lot going on in Kickstarter um, right now. Um, so how about we jump into that? And by the way, listeners, as we talk about these things, do you know that depending on when you're listening to this, some of these things are at different stages of like pledging or late pledge or other pledge. Um, and so just know that. And if, if you're looking for one of these and need help finding it, don't hesitate to reach out either um, to Facebook or Instagram or over just like boardgameimpact.gmail.com too. Like, so we want to help you if you're, if you're trying to locate any of these Kickstarters we're about to talk about. Because um, you could hear this at all sorts of times. So Josh, how about you lead us into one of yours? What's something you're excited for on Kickstarter? So I am very, very excited uh, this is currently still available for late pledge. So the, the main campaign has ended, but it is as of recording this still available for late pledge. And that is Darwin's journey by Thundergriff games. Uh, so in Darwin's journey, you will be playing as one of four scholar between one and four scholars who are following in the footsteps of Charles Darwin making your way around the Galapagos Islands, um, following his path uh, and conducting research. Uh, and, and all while journaling your uh, exploits and sending letters back home. Um, this game, Thundergriff, uh, just phenomenal with the production, mm-hmm. with the artwork. Just a gorgeous gorgeous looking game um i hemmed and hawed for a a good week over whether to back this because i probably should slow down on what how many kickstarters i am going for but (laughs) he says this y'all as we're talking about the first kickstarter (laughs) yes um but it, it just i mean it looks so phenomenal and the deluxe components yeah. for, for the deluxe edition. Yeah. You, you just, you can't beat it, but uh, top it all off. One of my favorite designers um, designed by um, uh, Simone Luciani, I believe mm-hmm. is how you pronounce uh, his name. Um, co-designed uh, Zolkin. Uh, co-designed Marco Polo, um, two of my all-time favorite games. And so you combine Simone Luciani with this amazing, uh, amazing look um, and a really cool theme too, um, something yeah. unique, uh, something different. Um, I, I'm, I'm over the moon. I'm really, really excited for this game. Josh, I remember... And uh, this, the production quality on this is kind of out of the park. Um, I remember, I felt like we saw a prototype of this at BGG. Did you get to try it? I don't recall seeing a prototype of this. Okay. Um, it might yeah, have been the other Darwin-themed games. Yes. I, I know that there. this is not the first Darwin-themed game um, that has come out, but it is definitely the one that has most caught my eye. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. And I'm looking forward to hearing about it when it comes in, Josh, because I think it's completely outstanding. And also, like, the Darwin theme in the Galapagos is something that's 
very interesting to me. Like my stepdad actually went scuba diving through the Galapagos Islands, and like that would be a dream to see like whale sharks and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm very curious to see how they pull in that theme of that exploration and note taking and and the science behind it. That'd be just really cool. Um, so yeah, so and yeah. as Josh said, late pledge is still currently available. Um, yep. So I have a Kickstarter, and this is the smallest Kickstarter I'm going to talk about uh, because I'm backing it for the expansion, um, and that is Maquis 2nd Edition. Um, so this is a reprint um, by Sideroom Games um, and well as now an expansion. So Maquis is a solo-only game. It's a worker placement game. Um, won a Golden Geek Award back in the day for a solo design contest in Sideroom Games, who's done some other really great uh, solo games, um, partnered up with them and said, Hey, let's make this the thing. And what it is, it's the, you're, you are the French resistance, um, in Nazi occupied France. And you're trying to do different things throughout Paris to then subvert whatever is going on. And so how it works is there's a mission deck and at the start of your thing you'll randomly draw two of those and those are the missions you're trying to work towards some of them have to you have to do it by a certain day or you have to do certain things before you do another thing um, because that's how missions work of like you have to gather the supplies before you can try and blow up the bridge um, or you have to send out the communication before you can go pick up the spy that's airdropped in by the British into the field um, or it's even th- simple things like trying to keep the people fed, right? And and you're you're smuggling in goods so to keep the people healthy. Um, so it's a really good little worker placement game. I own the first edition, and I've played it a number of times. I've really enjoyed it. I also really like what Side Room Games does for their production. And so I back this at the um, the five dollars or more one, which is just for the new content, which gives um, new missions to add in as well as like a tuck box for some of the cards um, and then a couple more components just to add into the game Um, so it's a really small expansion that's why it's just like the five dollar or more level Um, but this is a great and wonderful um, solo game that i'd highly recommend looking at if you are looking for a solo worker placement game um, that is challenging it's a good one yeah, I actually also own the first edition, and as you were talking, Bruce, um, <laughs> went ahead and spent the $5. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so I will also be getting this new content. This is actually a game that I throw in my work bag. Uh, really? So, yeah, so I really enjoy keeping this around my office uh, whenever I need to mentally step away from work during a lunch break i can usually set this up and play it in 10 to 15 minutes yeah um it's not a super long game by any means and so yeah i i can usually set it up play through a a quick game or two uh on my lunch break and and it's kind of that separation um forces me to not work through my lunch break uh sometimes uh, that is needed. So yeah, I'm. I love this game. Maki is just a phenomenal design. Uh, if you are in any way, shape, or form even remotely interested in solo games, uh, cannot recommend this one enough. Um, I didn't see. I believe, and it's not overly priced even from a. If you go, yeah, it's uh, twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, twenty nine for for all of the content. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really not a bad price for for a game with the amount of uh, replayability um, and the amount of uh, just enjoyment that I personally have gotten out of it. Yeah, and the great thing is this is a second edition, so we know they know how to make it. Um, but just if you're worried about doing a solo game, I know one thing that always worries me is how complicated is it going to be to do like the upkeep and things like that. Sideroom Games has become really, really good at making it a really easy to understand ai um game um of taking the actions for the game so yeah it's really good recommend looking into it um as there's at the time of this recording there's only just a couple days left so hopefully if you hear this you can hop on um hopefully there's going to be a late pledge 
Um, but there's been different orders. I think he did a late pledge on his other one. So hopefully there is for this one as well. Um, so yeah, that's that. What do you got, Josh? So uh, a game that probably needs very little uh, <laughs> hype at this point. Um, but I am still going to hype the heck out of it is Ares Expedition from Stronghold Games. Uh, so if you are unaware of what Ares Expedition is, this is Terraforming Mars, the card game. Uh, Terraforming Mars is one of um, the biggest games of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the few in that in recent memory that I would really describe as an evergreen game. Mm-hmm. Um and Stronghold is going back to tap that vein one more time <laughs> after promising us that uh, they would not be releasing any more expansions, decided that it just it's just going to be a smaller game and it's a standalone game and you're still going to buy it because it's terraforming Mars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ares Expedition, you might wonder, um, Terraforming Mars, uh, what are you talking about, Josh? Ares, Terraforming Mars already is a card game, uh, which, yes, uh, arguably it is a very, very heavily card-driven game. Um, but in Ares Expedition, you kind of remove the big center board where you're placing tiles down, um, and rather you're just tracking on a much smaller center board the conditions for end game uh which i believe are are relatively similar to the terraforming mars original um so i'm i I love terraforming mars it's it's a phenomenal game in my mind uh this is you know getting the gold gang back together it, it promises to be uh in my mind uh an exceptional game as well so uh reasonably priced i believe it's 50 dollars for the or 40 45 50 dollars something like that for uh, the 39 oh 40 so 40 dollars for the just the game uh of course there's also um you can get everything neoprene, <laughs> you can get everything so neoprene mats uh you can get you can get all, everything designed. from Terraforming yeah. Mars, too. <laughs> yes, yeah. So if you're missing anything from Terraforming Mars, a great way to add to your collection. But uh, yeah, very, very much looking forward to this, Bruce. Are you are you a backer? Do you know anyone who's backing this or planning uh, to back this? Uh, and on, on here, I see that you and some other people I know are backing it. I am not a backer. Um, so for me, I... Um, just to be full transparency, I'm surrounded by people that play and have all everything for terraforming Mars. So it's kind of like the game I've been mooching off of everybody. <laughs> um, just full transparency. So I know I don't necessarily need to. Um, there's some privilege with that and I acknowledge that. Um, but for me, I see this because I watched Rado's run through of it. Um, and I can see this working really, really well, especially at like the two, three player count. Um, mm-hmm which sometimes with ter- regular terraforming that game could go on for a long time. I honestly see this as like a reimplementation of the things you love about terraforming Mars, but in a, a slightly more streamlined and artistic way. Right. And I think what they're doing with uh, where you choose one of the phases from your hand and everybody reveals and those in that turn, those are the only actions that are happening that turn. I think that that's really cool. Um, in like this cooperative diplomacy, we're trying to, we're companies, but yeah, but we have to make a decision about what we want to try and do. And it has to like, we all kind of work together sort of. Um, I think that's really cool. I like, so when Josh says card game, there's, uh, there is a, there is a player board for everybody as well as like a tiny little map. Um, so like not completely just cards. Um, so just don't want to set you up for that, but very much, card driven i think in looking at the card stack it looks like so like our buddies and you included with this josh i have like where you have all the cards for all the expansions it looks like this deck is already that size um and so now i'm not a backer because i know i'm gonna get to play it and so i chose to use some of my um, kickstarter monies elsewhere yeah 
So yes, this this game base game has three hundred cards in it. Yeah, um, know that because they're offering customized card sleeves, which I will not be picking up um, as much as I enjoy having sleeved cards. Uh, you can get them for cheaper, uh, yeah. just the clear ones, and that'll be fine for me. But uh, no, I respect and understand that a thousand percent. I would. 100% expect that Justin will be picking this up and so I know that you'll have abilities to play it uh, with or without uh, backing it. But I just need to say this I, I need to say this. There better be a pets card. I just need to say it. That I, is my yeah, favorite part I, of the game. <laughs> I would I think they would be woefully amiss if they did not include pets. I think that is everyone's fan favorite. Uh, whether it actually works to score them points or not. Yep. Um, yeah, very, very much looking forward to this, though. Um, you know, anything more terraforming Mars, I'm going to eat it up. So that makes sense. So, Josh, and I just got the notification that you did back McKee. Um, thank you, Kickstarter, for telling me what Josh does online. Um, <laughs> so, with that, I'm going to talk about another card game, um, and that this one. Did finish funding, um, and it is Radlands by Roxley Games. Um, so, if you're not familiar with Roxy, you should be because it's the group that did the Iron Clays, um, which are really, really like the best poker chips ever, uh, but also did the reimplementations of Brass as well as Dice Throne. So, they've been, they're very much known for bringing out some really great games of late with like super high production quality. Um, but Radlands. Well, actually, before I talk about Radlands, I need to talk about a rule. Josh, I have had a rule that I am not buying collectible or living things. By that, I mean I'm not. I'm no longer doing like the Magic the Gathering, the Android Netrunner, Keyforge, any of that stuff. Any of that, like, you have to keep consuming and consuming, just like where there's usually like a meta. I'm going to cut you off here for just a second, Bruce. Yeah. As you just moments ago finished talking about how you spent your weekend putting together. Right. There's a difference. There's a difference in that like a Magic the Gathering, I need to stay up on the latest releases in order to actually play. Okay. Okay. That So that's the collectible. Don't get me wrong. I'm collecting the heck out of my minis. Don't get me wrong at all. That's the difference that because there's the hobby side of um, that. That's what I'm going to justify it with. But I'm saying like a collectible card game type thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Or um, a dice masters where you got to get the latest releases and it's only a XYZ format. What intrigued me about Radlands and the reason I needed to say this rule is because the first thing they were saying is, oh, we have a designer from Magic the Gathering. I'm like, uh-oh. Because <laughs> is this going to set me up to break my rule, right? What Radlands is, is it's a... Because it's also like everything you need is right here. So it also sounded like a living card game. I'm like, uh-oh, times two. Then I watched several playthroughs and reviews of it. And the Man vs. Meeple one really stood out to me. They, they described it really well. This is not a collectible. This is not a living thing. There's no expansions or anything like that. It's a a card game in which you're, you and the other player are going to work off of the same deck of cards, almost like a Star Realms, but is a quick playing Magic the Gathering-like feel where you're doing hand management and you're managing your resources every turn, in this case, water, instead of like a mana, things like that to try and protect your bases and you're trying to put things down to go and attack the bases of the other person because it's a post-apocalyptic, if I could say that word right now, Mad Max-style world. And it all comes in a nice little deck box, like those, those two-sided deck boxes. Um, it's, and the art is gorgeous. And so from that, if I can, like getting a two-player card game with a Magic the Gathering feel, with people who designed Magic, but it's not expanding, it's not collectible, it's just gonna, it's, it's, a, it's a card game in a box, like everything else. 
this immediately went to the top of my attention. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I, I will I will say just from a again production art value, um, this one stands out as absolutely phenomenal. Um I did not back this for the exact same reason you just explained for Aries. Um is it seems like everyone and their brother that I know backed this game. Um, and so I'm just, I, I'm counting on being able to play with some other people mm-hmm. uh, whenever, whenever it does come in. It definitely, I think it would scratch a ton of itches and I would not be surprised to see it end up on my shelf at some point in the future when it hits retail. Mm-hmm. Um I will also note for listeners that while this uh, campaign has ended, uh, if you go to the Kickstarter campaign still, uh, you can uh, sign up to be notified of the pre-order. So you can still, uh, you know, set up to to be able to get a copy um, when it does come. But... Yeah, I I hear you a hundred percent on everything that you're you're sharing there, Bruce. I had all the same feelings, but uh, decided to dedicate my funds elsewhere. To Aries, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, Josh, you're absolutely right. I feel like everybody has is backing this game. Um, what I actually would love to do with it because it's everything I'm seeing about it. The games play quick, like twenty minutes max. I would actually love to do like get us together and do like a bracket tournament and play it. Um, like I think that would be legit to do. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a kind of like a Star Realms tournament type thing. Um, yeah, that, and that's and I've played a ton of Star Realms with my wife, so I think I could play this with her too. Yeah, so that is Radlands. You can sign up for the late pledge. Um, by the way, the base game um was forty US uh, forty dollars US. I did go all in on this. Um, so I do have those two really nice neoprene player mats coming in too. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So that's that is Radlands. Josh, what do you got? So uh one that I'm probably not going to be backing, uh-huh. uh sadly, but wanted to highlight because I think it is worth noting, uh, is Clinic uh is getting two expansions in a deluxe format. You know tool. Um, Yes, got to love some Ian O'Toole artwork. So for listeners who are not familiar with the game Clinic, uh, Clinic is a game in which you take on the role of a hospital administrator uh, and you are building and running your hospital. Uh, trying to cure folks and send them back out into the world. Um, so what this Kickstarter is, is they are uh, publishing their second and third extensions. Uh, however, you can, uh, if you already own the base game, you can get the first, second, and third extensions. You can get just the second, just the third. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can go all in the whole nine yards, get the base game and all three expansions. Uh, the challenge is that that is $175. Um, yeah. Uh, to go all into that. And it's just a little bit out of my price range at the moment, given everything else that is going on uh, that I'm dropping money on and, and hoping to spend some money on in the near future. Um, Clinic has been like, on my list of must must have games for quite a while. And it is really hard to get a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish they would have it available for just the base game in this uh, Kickstarter, though. I understand why they're not doing that. The main focus here is to get the funding for the expansions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think this game looks absolutely fantastic. Um, again, Ian O'Toole uh, artwork from Ian O'Toole is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and and it just looks really, really, really neat. Um, so just wanted to highlight that, um, make sure folks were aware, because um, Clinic is is a really neat game. And, and I think it 
has flown under the radar for a lot of folks for some reason, and I'm not really sure why. Yeah. Um, so. um, it's it's definitely interesting. I don't want to belabor the point because I know you're not really backing it. This is a game that definitely interests me. Um, I have heard Ian talk about this before, and this game is the hardest game that he has done the graphic design for because, listeners, if you haven't looked this up, look it up because there's not many games like it. The whole game, you're building your hospital and the tiles are all isometric. So they're kind of slanted. They're polygons, right? Um, and you're building up and around. And so like literally you have things on different floors. And so it's an isometric view where you're looking in almost at like a 45 degree angle from in the like side of the building into the building. Um, so it's a beautiful artwork, but it definitely is a little bit of a mind trip to understand what things are and where they are. I know some people have talked about that and struggling with that, but once you know, Oh, it's isometric. These, these are different floors. It might click for you and what you're looking at. So I just did want to point that out because it is gorgeous and like seriously kudos to Ian for making this work. Um, but yeah, that's, that's clinic. It's the second and third extensions. Um, so I backed another game, Josh, and, um, this game has funded, and I'm so happy it funded, but you can late pledge as well as you can actually go on over to GameFound and pledge over there if you're wanting to pick up a copy. But this is Cora Quest, very different than Clinic. Um, yeah, <laughs> super different. So Cora Quest, if you're not familiar with the name Cora, um, Cora and her father Dan are both contributors on the Dice Tower. Cora's like an elementary school precious the two of them review kids games and so it's cora talking about games and so during lockdown they were getting bored with like math class and things like that and so like why don't we make a game just to do and then the game ended up being pretty cool apparently and it's a dungeon crawl that you can play with family members so i have three nieces um and they're varying ages right and this looks like a game i could play with them the beautiful thing with this are a couple. One, love the story. Two, love the fact of the extra design that went into this. There's a free website you can go to and is like you can have your kids draw their own art for a character, name it, and you can scan it in onto the website and pick from different stats. So you get like three options for different types of things. And you can print it out including a little standee for that character. So you can have your kids or cousins, whatever play with the character they've designed in this game. So just like the fact that I can, like my wife who we met in the toy store, she was running in California and would run like the different things for kids. And like, think of like having a make your adventurer like like crafting day where they're drawing it out. No matter what that art looks like, you can upload it and then play with it. It's just phenomenal. And then the fact of, Josh, this is just beautiful. I need to talk about it before I turn it over to you. And that is for the different characters, they didn't all call for art. And what they did is they had kids from around the world submit art for this game. And then they went through and they picked different things. So they had like a character called Sword Girl. And although Dan and Cora are in Huddersfield the in the UK, the um, the the sword girl was designed by a girl in the U S and it's a girl, um, in a wheelchair that looks like a freaking battle wagon. Like it's legit. But one of the things they've also stressed with this to also help teach kids is they wanted to have this game show as much, much inclusivity and access to kids and people from all around and all different ability levels. And so I just think that like the fact that it's really about helping to do something and entertain and play games with kids and families, but also has all this other like beautiful story going on with it. I showed it to my heart to my wife and she's like, you have to back that. Um, (laughs) And then we've been just loving seeing all the news coverage they've been getting. But yeah, Josh, had you looked into this before you got the notification from me that I had backed this? Uh, Yeah. Well, so I, about the same time that I got the notification that you had backed it, I also got a notification that uh, a good friend of mine here in Colorado, Matt, had backed it. Oh, um, and, and so I had looked into it a little bit. One thing that I, I wanted to point out as we were just talking about him in Nick, um, 
some of these characters were designed by Ian O'Toole's children. What? How did yeah. I miss that? I, I am just looking here. Uh, <laughs> one of the one of the stretch goals that was unlocked uh, was characters by Ian O'Toole's children. Oh my god! So um, there is a connection between Clinic and Cora Quest here. Wow. Um, but yeah, this I mean, this is just a heartwarming little story. Um, again, this is probably one of those that I will. Um, pick up at some point in the future uh my my nephews uh i think this would be great to to play with them whenever uh, i'm back in illinois next um but absolutely a fantastic little story i i adore everything about it um i don't follow much of the dice tower so i don't i didn't know uh the story behind dan and cora uh prior to this but no, it's a really cute little game, and it's kind of cool to have a dungeon crawler that is for like kids. Um, yeah, it is just fun. Um, the artwork is 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 heartwarming. It's a uh, it it's it's really really neat. So. By the way, if you're curious, they don't just take the kids' artwork from around the world. They actually had designers come on, take the kids' artwork. And then, like, make it even nicer, but still kid, and color it in with nice shading and all things like that. But yeah, it's just kind of cool. And I, just the story of it, I was like, yeah, you can have 30 euros for me. Like, that's fine. Um, just for what this is. And they've had a lot of backers because they had on, they only had a goal of like 16,000 and they got five, 5,300 backers by the time this closed which mm-hmm. is just crazy cool and just wish them all the success and that Cora needs to live it up. She's apparently so lit up with all of this. And so congrats to them on all these things. Josh, we've been talking about a lot of things. I'm going to throw Absolutely. three things at our listeners and then you and I need to talk about the last thing to give like what we're looking forward to doing the week this episode airs. Um, Absolutely. Okay. So launching soon that I'm excited about just so a couple many things. Uh, on Kickstarter, Crafting Azurium, which is by Zoom Out Media, which is um, Aldi from BGG. He's a producer on this. That is going to be the second movie they're making on board games. The first one was the game designers. This one is a in-depth look at the design process of Ryan Lockett with Red Raven Games. So that is coming out. So if you're interested in seeing a documentary about that, you can back that. I backed the first one. Um Meeples and Monsters by AEG. It seems like just a cute little like fantasy themed bag building game with some really cool little uh, meeples. So that's exciting. I also saw a post today that War Chest is getting another expansion. This is not a Kickstarter. That's just going to be pre-ordered. Um, Josh and I have talked a lot about that game in the past. Um, and then lastly, Josh, what are we doing the this week when this episode launches? I mean, I'm going to knock on wood here as I say this. Yeah, um, it should be launching this week. To be fair, be at the time of this recording, we don't know the date and we definitely don't know the price, but it's happening for both of us as soon as it happens. <laughs> um, so, got to preface it. This is not a Stonemeyer podcast. <laughs> uh, but I will certainly be scouring the Stonemeyer pre-order for the next week as I await the arrival of the Red Rising pre-order. Yeah. Yeah, so Red Rising is a um, hand management game um, based on the Red Rising series. Um, It's a book series that, honestly, I had never heard of before this. Um, I am seven hours into book one's audiobook. Josh, where are you at? Uh, so I just picked up book two yesterday and plan to start, uh, probably this weekend. Okay. Um, but I, I was similar. I had not, um, I had not heard of this series until this game announcement, but immediately, um, I had two friends when I, I mentioned this to them, say they love this series. And so I went and looked it up, uh, so seven hours in is a pretty good chunk there, Bruce. You're yeah. you're closing in on the end. I'm halfway. Uh, it's sixteen hours long. Or, okay. Okay. Yeah. So so how are you feeling about it thus far? I'm really liking it. Um, listeners, I would 
akin it to a combination between a couple things. Um, I'd throw in a little bit of Harry Potter. I would throw in a little bit of Hunger Games, um, but like the brutal Hunger Games. Um, and then what was the last one? There was another book to, that I wanted to compare it to, and it's I'm blanking on it right now. Oh, Ender's Game. Okay. Yeah. So the, I don't get the I, – I, I'd love, and I don't know that we have time right yeah, now. Not right now, but maybe it. in the deep dive. This is where I'm at seven hours in. That's my feelings. I'd, I'd love to explore the Harry Potter themes because I don't really get that. But 100%, um, this was described in, I think, the perfect language to me. It is a heavy metal version of Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, this does This book does talk about, or the series does talk about some pretty serious things. Um, Mm -hmm. of oppression and um, like essentially caste systems and what can happen with that. Um, I will just say the Harry Potter side of it is the dividing up of houses and people into groups, right? Like that, like not like levels of caste, but groups within groups. That's where I'm talking about. Yep. I I guess. Yeah, I can see that. But this game looks absolutely great. Um, If, if, any listeners Bruce I don't know that we've talked about this uh, have you ever played the game um, fantasy, fantasy realms? realms I have not so listeners if you haven't played uh, the game fantasy realms I highly recommend it Bruce I strongly recommend if you can find a copy to to give it a shot um very similar hand building uh mechanic in that game uh, this looks just like a kind of beefed up a uh, little bit more gamery version of of that game. And so I'm I love Fantasy Realms, so I'm really, really looking forward to Red Rising. Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. Um, one quick note, if you're looking at the pre-order and you're like, what's going to be different? Um, so the pre-order on Stonemeyer's website is going to be for the collector's edition. Um, the regular editions coming out to every local game store. There's no differences in gameplay. The differences are that the collector edition has a different color insert and actually has like an insert worth pocket with pockets of things, as well as all of the components in the collector one are metal and it has like card trays. Um, and on some of the cards, there's a like faux gold leaf. Um, so that's the differences, but there's no differences in gameplay besides that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very excited. Uh, cannot yep. wait. We'll be getting it as soon as that goes live. Yep. Same here. And so with that, Josh, how about you um, just say your closing words and then I will close us out. Uh, listeners, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, definitely hope that this has been helpful uh, in making some decisions about either games that you want to play, games that you want to buy, Uh hope that this was helpful in in informing you about some of those um so as always thank you so much for listening uh bruce what do you got yeah so i just want to say thank you for also being understanding about the delay with the last episode coming out literally texas froze over and so if you are affected by that again we hope that everything gets better soon um And also, depending on when you're listening to this with those different Kickstarters, we can help you track down any of those. Just feel free to shoot me an email. So boardgameimpact at gmail.com. But what we could really use you, if you wouldn't mind doing, uh, is tell other people about the show. Um, Hopefully this has been helpful. Um, And if it has been, make sure to rate it in your podcast app just to help with that discoverability. um, So that way more people can find out about some of this cool content coming out so they can make informed choices from their lenses. Um, Because Josh and I, yes, we agree on things, but we definitely disagree on others. And so hopefully that juxtaposition is helpful. Uh, But really in all of this, as the weather is now getting better out there, um, we just want you to go out and make your positive impact on the world.